church to the chapter, the last few verses of that that uh, that chapter, chapter two. It, this may not come as a surprise to you, but I like to preach from the Exodus event. Really. And the, the Exodus event, in my mind, is the premier event of the Old Testament. It is, it, it, as you go through the Old Testament, the, the, the Psalms, the, all of the, uh, the prophets, all of them refer back to it. When you get into the New Testament, you have Jesus comparing things to it in the Gospel of John. It's a constant throughout. And, it, and, and I would say that everything that we know about redemption comes from what we know about the Exodus event. That's, that's how important I think it is in Scripture. So, um, and one of the points that I really like to make from the Exodus is how God provided for his people. God told Moses, before he ever left for Egypt, before he was even headed there, he said that, that Israelites will plunder Egypt. And so he goes, and we have the plagues, and we have all of that, that cool stuff, and then when they, when they leave... The Egyptians just give the Israelites all this stuff, gold and silver and, and, and bracelets and jewelry and earrings and all this stuff. They give them all this stuff. Well, then later on, they're in the wilderness, and God tells them, I want you to build me a tabernacle, and I want gold bowls, and I want silver lampstands, and I want all of these things. Where would they, they were slaves for 400 years. Where would they get gold and silver and all that stuff? They got it when they plundered Egypt long before. So God provides for what's needed beforehand. We see that. We even see it in Solomon. We've talked about how Solomon built the temple. Now, David wanted to build the temple. David, Solomon's father, wanted to build the temple, but God said no to him. But so what David did was he gathered all the stuff. He had all the material for the, for the uh, temple to be built, he gathered all the material from places that he conquered in war. They were spoils of war. And so when Solomon comes to build the temple, the stuff, the material that was needed, had already been gathered by David in the wars that David fought. God provided beforehand. He showed Solomon, you've got everything you need because of your father. Proverbs 13.22 says the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. That's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Now, it's bigger than just wealth, though. It's bigger than just money. It's bigger than just material because we really see the difference between fatalism and faith. Fatalism being it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what we do because you're going to die anyway. We've seen a little of that in Solomon so far, haven't we? It doesn't matter what you do, you're going to die. So that's fatalistic. And then we're going to see faith. And, and, and we're going to see how Solomon presents us with faith. So let's read Ecclesiastes 2, just 24 through 26 is what I'm going to be reading today. It is, it is up here behind me, I hope. Yep. There is nothing better for a person than he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also, I saw, is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? For to the one who pleases him, 
God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy, but to the sinner, he has given the business of gathering and collecting, only to give it to the one who pleases God. This also is vanity and striving after the wind. So you see that the, the idea of eat, drink, and be merry, right? And we know, the, we know that saying, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we may die. That we have that idea, and that's fatalism. That's the, it's really Epicurean philosophy. They come up with this idea that it really doesn't matter what we do in life because it all ends when you die. So do whatever because it, because it, it just stops when you die. So there's this idea of fatalism and Epicurean ph philosophy. We've seen a little bit of it in what Solomon has said. When, he, when he's talking about all these things that are just vanity and striving after the wind, he's talking about this fatalistic idea that apart from God, nothing makes sense. Nothing has any meaning or purpose. It, it, it just doesn't make any difference. Because apart from God, life just ends at death. We talked last week about Jesus talking about laying up treasures in heaven. And so we talked about how we can send treasure forward. That he tells a parable also in Luke chapter 12. And he, he says, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What should I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to myself, Self, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God told him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. So Jesus talks about this idea also that this eat, drink, and be merry, this Epicurean philosophy, this fatalism makes no sense. It makes no sense. So Jesus talked about it, and, and now we're seeing it from Solomon. Solomon is giving us a philosophy of faith instead. He's saying life is a gift from God, so enjoy it. We literally eat and drink the blessings of God. These, uh, these fellowships, like the one we're going to have today, the potlucks, yeah, it's a great social event. Yes, we get good food. Yes, all of, but this is a theological experience. This is a spiritual experience because we know that food and drink is a gift from God. It's a blessing. It's meant to bless us. So we can enjoy it because of that. We can enjoy these times together because of that. Look at verse 25. It says, For apart from him, God, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? I told our Wednesday night folks, we have empowered taste buds. We have empowered taste buds because we don't just taste food, we enjoy it. We understand it as a blessing from God. Apart from God, what is food? It's simply a survival tool. But with God, we can see food and drink and, and even work as a direct blessing from God. It's concrete proof that God loves you to have food. So when we have these, these uh, potluck fellowships, I'll, I'll say again, this is a spiritual experience. 
You've probably heard me say before a potluck, let's do something spiritual and eat. I'm not kidding. <laughs> this is a spiritual experience to, to share the blessings of God with one another, to celebrate what God has done in our lives. It's actually a theological experience. Non-believers can taste food, but they cannot enjoy it the way we do because it is strictly a survival tool for them. If you don't believe that God gave it to you, if you don't believe that God gave it to you to enjoy, then what is the point other than nourishing your body, other than eating something because it tastes good or because it, 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 it's good for you or whatever it may be? I consider ice cream to be a direct blessing from God. <laughs> Anybody else? Yeah, amen. Ice cream is a direct blessing from God, and so I eat it like it's a direct blessing from God. It's concrete proof God loves me <laughs> because I like ice cream. We can see it as a, as a gift from God, not as simply a way of surviving of continuing survival. We, uh, we talk about, as Christians, we have a different worldview. And we do. We have a different worldview on how the world began. We have a different worldview on, on mankind and his innate dignity. We have a different worldview on a lot of things. This is one of them. What we eat and what we drink are, are blessings from God. Our potluck fellowships, like we're going to have today, that those are spiritual experiences because we're not only fellowshipping together, but we are enjoying the blessings of God together. We have empowered taste buds. We have empowered lives. We have empowered eyes. And we have empowered taste buds. We have empowered eyes because we see the, the, the glory of God everywhere. We see it in the sunrise. We see it in the sunset. We see it in the mountains and the trees. And, and the lakes and the streams. We see the glory of God everywhere. We have empowered eyes. This is the difference that Solomon's been pointing out. He has kind of given us this fatalistic idea of life apart from God because he wants us to see that there is the superficial and the meaningful. The superficial is a life apart from God. The superficial is the taste of food. The meaningful is, a, is life within the purpose of God. Meaningful is enjoying your food and drink as a blessing from God, as direct, concrete proof God loves you. That's, that's the, the difference that Solomon is pointing out to us. So look at verse 26. He says, believers are given wisdom and knowledge and joy, and the non-believer is given the business of gathering and collecting only to give to the one who pleases God. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. We've seen this. I talked about it from the Exodus event, how God took the wealth of Egypt and, and gave it to his people so they could build him a tabernacle. We saw it in Solomon's life, how God took David, conquered territory, the spoils of war of David's conquered territory became the material to make the temple. I have a more modern day example also. Some years ago, I met this group, and it's been 15 years ago or so, I met this group at, that 
took on a particularly difficult ministry. It was a ministry at Snow College in Utah. And this ministry was about, about ministering to the people that left the LDS faith at, at college. And so that, they had this little place on the, uh, just off Snow College's campus called the Solid Rock. And it was a little coffee shop and a, and a place where they did ministry to those that were leaving the LDS faith, those that had become uh, disillusioned by the LDS faith. Well, they had decided, after several years in ministry, they had decided that they needed to expand their ministry. So they, they looked at buying the lot next to them. Now, the lot next to them was empty with a storage shed on it. They wanted to buy this lot, so they, they prayed, and they scraped, and they worked, and they got together $7,500 to buy this lot next to them. So they bought this, this lot. And then... Then they, uh, they realized that there's a bunch of stuff in the storage shed. So they got a hold of the, the old owner of the lot and said, you know, if you want any of this stuff, it's right here in the storage shed. Do you want any of it? And, and this is a long-time LDS family that had, uh, that had bought this lot and put the, the storage shed on it and put stuff in the storage shed, but nobody had been there for generations. So they said, no, you can just have whatever's in there. So they start clearing out this shed. And what do you know? They find cans and bottles with dollar bills and change in them. Because whoever it was that owned the property before didn't trust banks, apparently. So there was just dollar bills and, and change in these glass jars and cans. Guess how much, when they got all done, guess how much was in there? $7,500. Now, I want you to think about how God planned that. Because this is generations before an LDS family had put this money here that a, that a ministry that ministers to LDS families gets. God's amazing. It's an amazing story of how God provides, like the Exodus event, like, like uh, uh, Solomon and the temple. We just see it over and over again, how God provides for the ministry he wants done. This group, by the way, um, if you've ever seen or heard of the DVDs, Jesus Christ, Joseph Smith, that's, this is the group that produced those. Very good, very good DVD. <clears throat> so the verse says, to the sinner who he has given the business of gathering and collecting only to give it to one, who pleases God. But to the believer, God has given food and drink, work to do, enjoyment, wisdom, and knowledge. He's given us the wisdom and knowledge to know that our food and drink are direct blessings from Him. He's given us the, the knowledge to know how He has blessed us. We are blessed and we know we are blessed. God has given us enjoyment. We have true joy because we have Christ. We have Christ, and so we have true joy no matter the circumstances. We understand our, our food and drink as a direct blessing from God. We have empowered eyes to see all of the beauty and glory and majesty and faithfulness of God in all around us. We have empowered taste buds 
because we can, we can enjoy our food and our drink as a direct blessing from God. As I said, we are blessed and we know we're blessed. And that's what wisdom is. Wisdom and knowledge, that's knowing you're blessed. That's seeing God at work, even in the simple things. Even in the, in the, the sunset, we see God at work. We see the faithfulness of God. We see Arizona has some of the prettiest sunsets of any place I've been. And, and the, the painting that God does on the sky for a sunset here is incredible. It's the faithfulness of God. It's the glory of God. It's the majesty of God. So we see from both our society and from what Solomon's given us, we see fatalism and faith. What's in your heart? Which one are you hanging on to? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and consider that question. Are you hanging on to a life of faith? Or is this, are you just figuring it doesn't matter because you're going to die anyway? That's fatalism. Would you have a heart full of faith? Because you can this morning. It's a simple prayer. We simply say, God, I know I have sin in my life. I've said things wrong. I've done things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that you provided for me that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. So I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross, because you have provided everything we need. And I ask you to come into my life and empower my eyes, empower my taste buds, empower my life. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor, let them know. Talk about it around the table as we enjoy our fellowship today. Maybe this morning you know Christ, but you've been caught up in this, in, in our society's ideas of what life is really about. Would you take a minute and thank God for everything in your life? Father, we thank you for the blessing of your word. We thank you for the blessing of being gathered in your name. We thank you for the blessing of being able to celebrate who you are and what you've done for us. I ask, Father, that you keep us mindful of how blessed we are. For it's in Jesus' name we 